According to NDI's Chairman, Secretary Madeleine Albright, the prevention of violent extremism is primarily a democracy and governance challenge. In today's episode, we're joined at the U.S. Institute of Peace by activists from Nigeria, South Sudan, and Tunisia to discuss new thinking about mobilizing good governance. I'm Lauren Van Meter, Senior Advisor at the National Democratic Institute. Welcome to DemWorks. Thank you all for joining us today. Before we begin, I'd like to ask each of you to introduce yourselves and give a brief description of your organization. Tell us practically what you do every day to advance democracy and peace in your country. I'm Emna Jablewi, Executive Director of Institute for Human Development, IDH NGO. Uh, I lead uh, the NGO uh, who is uh, covering Tunisia. So we cover all the territory and uh, we work mainly for uh, governorates in uh, the north and two governorates among the Libyan borders in the south of Tunisia. My name is Jacob Bull. I'm the co-founder and the media coordinator of Anataban Arts Initiative and I'm currently studying uh, Masters of International Development and Policy at the University of Chicago under the Scholarship of Obama Foundation uh, uh, program. Uh, Anataban is an Arabic word for I am tired. Uh, we started this uh, youth movement in 2016 uh, to basically uh, have a platform for the youth of South Sudan to speak on issues of concern in the country. My name is Samson Itodo. I work for Yaga Africa and also um, part of the Not Too Young to Run um, movement. Um, Yaga Africa works to advance democracy and we work in three areas, elections, um, legislative engagement, um, as well as governance and development that looks at um, how young people participate in the political process. Well, as an individual, I work day and night to retire old and expired politicians um, who are in public spaces um, because we want to disrupt politics to make sure democracy delivers development to the people. Lola Tem are my names and I'm a women's rights activist from South Sudan and also a co-founder of a feminist, a young feminist organization called Crown the Woman South Sudan that focuses a lot on correcting historical injustices and trying to address and prevent and respond to to gender, sexual and gender-based violence-related issues that are affecting and also limiting the potential of a lot of women, young women's participation in all spheres of uh, life in South Sudan. I'd like to talk a little bit this afternoon around the context within which you all work. And we're seeing today in all regions of the world, Africa, the Middle East, Asia, Europe, Latin America, even North America, mass demonstrations. People are demanding change and a say in how they are governed. From your experience, what do you think motivates people to take to the streets? And what is needed for these global movements to be successful? And how would you define their success as activists? That's a great question. and. Uh, as we have seen from uh, uh, different countries, starting from Tunisia and uh, Egypt and uh, all the way to Sudan of recent. And uh, uh, we are also seeing what is happening now in uh, Uganda, where also uh, a young person want to buy for like a political position and maybe, uh, I mean, the highest office in the country. And it's about gathering uh, the numbers and how do they uh, 
channel the frustration uh, into a more constructive way of achieving uh, what they need and getting rid of, uh, as um, he mentioned earlier, Samson, all and tired uh, uh, leaders who have, you know, kept us in, 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 in some kind of, you know, a box that we need to get out of as the young uh, people with energy and the ideas of a state building. So, you know, most of uh, in, in the region and uh, in East Africa or maybe generally in Africa, we have uh, always been used to kind of using uh, violence to kind of solve our problems. But then, you know, we're trying to put it to the public uh, that there is an alternative to that. So instead of this destruction uh, with violence and taking up arm, how about we use the nonviolence approach to be able to kind of, you know, dislodge these, uh, uh, these political leaders who are helping, you know, who are uh, kind of not helping us uh, but only just dividing the social fabric. So uh, I think it's a it's a good approach uh, that is being used, and it's a it's bringing in uh, transformation. It's bringing in uh, different ideas, and people are learning uh, to be able to hold their uh, political leaders accountable, and that is where we want to go to because there is no democracy without accountability. Because in the end, they might do elections. We have seen dictators calling for elections and doing those elections. But in the end, what do these elections deliver? What is there any democracy? So this is where we, there's a case, the case of Gambia. We are seeing now what is happening with the uh, uh, Dama Barrow. It was elected, has somebody who is going to uh, lead and he promised that in three years, he's gonna step down, but it never happened. So the young people are also rising up now in in uh, that the young people that brought him to power are raising up now against him in order to get rid of him. So we need these political leaders to learn that in one way or the other, the young people will never stop and they will keep uh, monitoring them regards, with regards to how they have put their mandates and how they have promised the young people on delivering service to the people and not just about themselves. Thank you for that answer, Jacob. Here seems like the perfect place to take a quick break. For more than 35 years, NDI has been honored to work with thousands of courageous and committed small-D Democrats around the world to help countries develop the institutions, practices, and skills necessary for democracy success. For more information, please visit our website at www.ndi.org. Emma, you're from Tunisia, which is the birthplace of the Arab Spring. Do you see these global demonstrations as a continuation of what occurred in Tunisia, or is this something fundamentally different? I think that uh, the the demonstration raised in Sudan, in uh, Lebanon, uh, in a lot of countries uh, uh, can uh, be uh, understood uh, as uh, continuing uh, of of, uh, the, the... rise of people in 2011 in Tunisia, uh, as far as uh, uh, what uh, they are claiming is freedom, is uh, more uh, participation, inclusion in the uh, decision-making process. So all these, um, uh, uh, how to say, needs or or uh, uh, um, how to say uh, slogans were raised in Tunisia in 2011. Um, 
even in Tunisia, we see also a new, let's say, wave of uh, um, uh, how to say anger among young people, and it's more linked with. Um, let's say, economic uh, vulnerabilities because uh, democracy in Tunisia uh, brought free elections, brought uh, transparent elections, but the path of uh, democratization is still uh, on and the process of democratization, I think, is still taking some time. And if democracy doesn't bring prosperity, that is an issue. And uh, election doesn't feed people. So uh, uh, we are uh, in Tunisia at this level of people are seeing, let's say, free politics, transparent election but uh, are having difficulty uh, on prosperity level uh, aren't having uh, really uh, or seeing the result on economic level uh, um, in their everyday life so uh, it is in a way harming the image of democracy the branding of democracy and uh, we've been saying to the the governors since 2011 that the transition should uh, bring uh, uh, free, free politics but also good economy otherwise people will 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 be angry and and uh, there will be new uh, um, waves of of anger so uh, in tunisia for me and in all the region there is uh, um, an issue about the branding of democracy there is an issue about the link of free uh, country or democracy free democracies and uh, prosperity and there is um, i mean the third other concern is about the freedom and the value of freedom. Are these people elected serious about the value of freedom, as my colleague said? Sometimes free election bring uh, ultra-conservative wings or very religious wings who are not really... Um, fan of freedom and it's sometimes very challenging for us to gain uh, uh, after so for me there is also a lot of work to do on uh, uh, ma making the thought the discourse about liberal islam more strong in 2019 there was a recent afro barometer survey that revealed that citizens in africa are strongly supportive of democracy but have little confidence in their political leaders. This has been a theme of the workshop today about political leaders that are not responsive to their citizens. How and why can this popular support for democracy be sustained? How can trust between citizens and the elite political class be reestablished? Well, that's the whole essence of democracy. <coughs> I think there are two conceptual clarifications. Um, one is elections are, or democracy aren't just about elections. That the fact that you have regular elections does not mean you're actually a democratic nation. Uh, and the second is that participation in democracy um, doesn't stop at elections. That actually the business of governance begins right after elections. That elections are just a leadership recruitment process. I, I think there needs to be a shift in the paradigm of citizens and how they conceptualize politics or democracy and participation. That when you go out to cast your vote, it's just just a just a very small 
component of of the whole concept of democracy or political participation that post elections you've got to get involved in the budget process you've got to get involved in asking your representatives that you've given power to hold in trust for you and take decisions. You've got to be involved in that. You've got to be involved in community organizing efforts that that engages your leaders and ask them when they stand up in parliament to say they speak for the people, that they're indeed speaking for and on behalf of the people. The other critical issue is about political parties and ensuring that when people make promises to people, when politicians make promises and have campaign or manifestos, that they perform that part of their contract. Uh, and citizens need that level of um, um, orientation. The third part is the role that civil society play and what we play, that, that role, because we are um, interlocutors between the state and citizens. What we must not do is to um, abdicate that responsibility um, to another, um, to the political parties, um, or take over the responsibilities of citizens and begin to speak for citizens, and we neglect the, the citizens um, who ought to be involved in that engagement. And so empowering citizens is a responsibility that we have. And citizens should not abdicate their responsibilities to NGOs. NGOs are institutions, no doubt. But they, there's a limit to what NGOs can do. You are a citizen, and that's why we say the highest office in the land is not the president or the seat in the National Assembly, is the office of the citizen. You've got civic responsibilities and you've got a right um, to actually engage. And so that's something citizens can, um, can, can do. The fourth and perhaps the last is the, the, the role of political parties and what parties do. That parties as platform of political participation or actualization or galvanization of social interests, as the case may be, one must be democratic um, in their management of party affairs. Um, they must also ensure that people who are in the parties get involved in the decision making um, processes of the parties. What you have on the continent is parties that have become um, cartels or cabals of individuals who are only interested in state capture, not for the common good of the people, but to advance their own individual interest. And that is something citizens need to disrupt because Africa is where it is today because the political leadership have, over the years, maintained power and recycled themselves in office. And we citizens have become docile and have lost faith. That if you look at Hong Kong, if you look at Tunisia, if you look at Liberia, if you look at Nigeria, if you look at Sudan, it's about citizens exercising agency. And, and so for citizens who are listening to this um, um, uh, program, it's to say you have the power. The power actually lies in your hands. All you need to do is to activate that power, activate your citizenship by going beyond voting at elections, but holding your leaders to account. And there are several mechanisms to do that. Just to add on, on, on the point of uh, civil society and civic engagement efforts and programs to make people understand that they are the power and the power is within them. I think uh, 
for example, in South Sudan, people look at their leaders as, as many gods to worship, not people that should be their servants. And how to, to switch that mindset to say that if you have a governor in the office, he's not your small god. You know, you shouldn't be killing your last god just to please him. This person owes you services. He owes your child's school, you know, health care. He owes, he owes you roads and economic, you know, prosperity so i think that we need a civil society there's a lot that needs to be done to actually civically engage and educate people on what it means to have a leader that is your servant and not a leader that you should be afraid of or worship for the fact that he sits in a, in a particular chair lol that's a great comment and i want to explore that further after this short message i think there is no doubt in my mind that the united states is much better off and our people are much better off when in fact there are more countries that are democracies that share our values that want to help their people. You can hear more from risk-taking women like Secretary Madeleine Albright by listening to our DemWorks podcast available on iTunes and SoundCloud. LOL, you spoke about how the power lies in the individual, not in the leader and that people need to be educated about this. Can you talk a little bit practically how you do that? How you convince citizens that they are in a situation to have agency? How you every day through your organization give citizens that faith in their own activism? Jacob Aliron mentioned uh, what he called the new tribe. And it's, 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 a, it's a group of nonviolent action. We call it synergizing nonviolent action and peace building. Uh, programs in South Sudan and what that what that is doing is we can't tell people to just build peace we can't tell people to stop fighting each other because there are grievances that still need to be addressed the wounds haven't healed people are still bleeding so we can't ask people to stop fighting people need to revenge because they feel like nothing is coming their way and so to do that while we build peace while we push for dialogues and negotiations we also need to give people alternative ways of expressing themselves and I think for us, the introduction of the concept of nonviolent action to tell young people, to tell women groups that you can actually take actions that express your grievances that do not necessarily mean picking up guns. And we're doing this through various, we have a, a South Sudan Women's Coalition group that coordinates and works with women at grassroots level, at national level, both women in the national government and state and local government and traditional leadership structures to give people alternative ways to continue to express themselves while we dialogue and negotiate peace agreements without necessarily shutting people from expressing themselves. Because what that does is you, it's like putting grass on fire you're just waiting for it to explode any minute so to me it's one way that has been very helpful to just tell people to just teach people this the skills and the knowledge of nonviolent action and what that means in terms of expressing themselves without causing more harm to the society or the people with them and with that i'd like to draw part one of this conversation to a close emna jablawi jacob bulbior samson itoto Aluel Atem, thank you all for speaking with us today. Please don't forget to join us next time as we discuss the challenges of democracy and governance work and how you build inclusion. I'm Lauren Van Meter, and you've been listening to DemWorks. Goodbye. Goodbye.